Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Marshall Koval, who's the CEO of Lumina Gold. They have just released their PEA. Uh, some pretty spectacular numbers in here. 366,000 ounces of gold per annum. It's a 25-year life of mine, an NPV. Uh, five of $2.5 billion, that's 1680 uh, an ounce gold. Um, it's a large bulk play. I think people are a little bit nervous of the Ecuadorian risk component, uh, the fact that this will need over a billion bucks of capex. Now, they are very clear. They're an explorer developer, and they're going to flip this thing, so they are not going to get this into production. So they tell us they're having a number of conversations at the moment with a number of interested parties. Uh, I guess the next time we speak to Marshall, he'll be telling us about how he's managed to sell this. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, Marshall, how are you doing, sir? I'm great, Matthew. You holding up over there in England? Oh, man, just about, just about. We're, we're holed up. I'm drinking more. I'm working harder. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. Same over here. <laughs> Glad I'm to hear it. Harder too. Actually, we, we, there's a little stat came out on our web, uh, website earlier. It was talking about the drinking by different types of industries and miners. You guys have got it nailed. You're streaks <laughs> ahead. I think we had that even when it wasn't COVID. True, know? true. <laughs> okay. Well, look, um, Marshall, if you don't mind, just for people new to the story, because um, we haven't we we spoke last May, so it's it's not a story that uh, we've been you know chasing, but I think now we should be. So, for this uh, new audience, can you give us a one minute overview of the business, then we can pick it up from there, okay? Yeah, we're advancing our uh, Congreos project in southwestern Ecuador, and basically, it's a really large gold copper porphyry system, over 70 million ounces of gold. We just put out a really fantastic PEA that shows a net present value of $1.6 billion US. We increased the MPV over the 2018 PEA by over 600 million. We've extended the mine life 25 years, and this is a world-class asset, both on scale and, and mine life and, and gold and copper production. So we're excited about it, and uh, we're hoping the market can uh, realize the value we've created. There's a bit of a disconnect between our share price and uh, what we've produced. And, and we can talk about that a little bit more if you like. Uh, I totally like to because I don't get it. Uh, like I say, it's a, it, look, first of all, it's a PEA. For a PEA, these are some pretty big numbers, um, but it is just that, a PEA, okay? So uh, early stage and the first economic assessment of, of what you think you've got here. But let's just talk about some of those numbers there because the, in terms of, out, one, well, the life of mine, 25 years, right. you, that's gone up significantly. Um, the output has gone up. All the numbers have gone up. So what have you been doing since we last spoke? Well, we drilled about 40,000 meters of drilling out uh, at Congrejos, and then we uh, advanced the satellite deposit, Gran Bestia. And the combination of the ounces that we added at Congrejos and the Gran Bestia deposit, which was not in the 2018 PEA, has really been the catalyst to, uh, to increase the size of the project. On top of that, we've done an amazing amount of engineering work and, and realistically, a lot of the uh, PEA is well beyond a PEA. We were headed down <clears throat> after 2018, the PEA track, and we started to do pre-feasibility level work in certain areas of the project like metallurgy, 
et cetera. And um, so a lot of the resources has also been drilled to indicate it. Most of the Congrejos deposit is. So, you know, we're, we're well advanced here and uh, pretty happy with where we're at. I bet. But I guess the, the um, I guess what people will want to understand is yeah, where does it go from here? And obviously we'll, we'll put the link to the PEA um, down below in the description, but because um, the numbers are quite spectacular, world-class tier one type stuff. Um, so well done. But what next? I mean, where does this thing go? Because, you know, you, you've talked about, you, you've got to go through the, got to go through the studies, obviously. I know this is, you know, kind of PFS level type PEA you're telling me, but how quickly do you move this thing through the studies? And what's the, what's the end game? Well, you know, the end game in the, the Lumina group, and, you know, I've been with Ross Beatty since 2004 through all the Lumina copper companies, et cetera. And uh, basically, we're an explorer developer. So we add value, we de-risk projects, and we exit. And that's still the business plan, and that's been the business plan from the beginning. Now, both Ross and myself have a long history in, in the mining sector, in operations also, and I'm on the board of Equinox Gold with Ross. He's the chairman. We have uh, six operating gold mines. So, But the business plan of Lumina Gold is definitely different. And we're at the stage now where we understand the value proposition. We understand the scale of the project. We understand the risk. And it's time to move it on to uh, somebody that would build it. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where we sit. Now, as far as additional work post-PEA, we're going to continue with the permitting process. We're going to continue to look at portions of the project that we can optimize uh, from an engineering perspective and, and kind of evaluate that. <clears throat> and then there's a lot of recommendations from the various consultants that worked on the project that we're evaluating. So I have to pull all that together and go to the board and, and talk about where we head next on the project. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to that point. But the business plan is intact. You know, we hope to exit. Okay, but again, just for the sake of people watching this and going, hang on, I don't know. Those are some big numbers. I don't understand why the market's, market caps are only 250. You've got to go through a process of optimization, de-risking, and you know you, the usual stuff, right? Nothing you haven't done before a few times. Um, but what of those things is actually going to, you think, make a difference in the market in terms of driving that share price before you have to have conversations or you want to have conversations with people about taking this thing over? Yeah, I think uh, if you go into our deck and you look at page four in the deck, there's a really good graph there. I mean, if we go back from 2017 when we released a, a resource estimate of four million ounces uh, of gold and fast forward to today, you know, we've got 17 million ounces of gold in the deposit. But if you look at the share price, um, you know, gold over that period has gone up 41 percent. Our share price has gone up 19 percent, but we have, uh, you know, increased fourfold the resource. Right. So there's a disconnect in the market as far as what what's going on on the project. Now, part of that is Ecuador risk. Obviously, there, there needs to be some sort of risk discount in Ecuador, but there's a total disconnect in value that, that the market is seeing. And, um, you know, I think this PEA should start to demonstrate the value of the project better. And hopefully we'll see a move up in this positive gold environment with our share price. Okay, well, talk to me about Ecuador risk. Do you think people are justified in applying some kind of discount to Ecuador? 
I think for the developers in the earlier stage projects, for sure. I think if you look at Lundin Gold, it's kind of broken that metrics and, and it's got a good PNAV ratio um, because it's a producer now. And, and, and really, that's a really good project to talk about a bit. Fruta del Norte has proved that you can permit, you can finance, you can construct, you can commission and operate in Ecuador. And as Fruta continues, that's, that's a good international marker for responsible mining in the country. And then on top of that, you've got the Mirador project, which is Tongling Mining, and it's a big, it's on the scale of Congrejos. It's 60,000 ton per day copper porphyry deposit. And they've been able to do the same thing, permit, finance, uh, construct, and, and operate. And both of those projects were commissioned at the end of 2019, the last quarter. So, you know, it, it shows that you can operate in Ecuador. And I think, um, you know, Ecuador's history in the past has created part of the uncertainty of where Ecuador's headed, but there's strong support out of the government. It's going to be more and more important mining in the country with oil prices down. They don't have as they have some tourism and agriculture, but mining's the key component of the economy going forward. So I think that Ecuador risk as, as time moves on will move away. But also, you know, if you look at a broader brush, the developers and the junior explorers, they haven't moved up as much as the senior and mid-tier producers. So that's another aspect of why the share price isn't where we believe it, it should be. And we're starting to see more interest. We've moved up recently. So, so we're hoping that the market uh, moves up for us. Okay, so given you guys have done this once or twice before, to put it mildly, uh, you've got Ross beating in the background, you know, beating the drum, um, you know, people watch and follow his moves. You, you are very clear that you're an explorer developer. Um, what are the decision-making criteria that you as a board go through to decide the timing on this? You've, talk, you've talked to us about Ecuador uh, risk falling away. You've talked about yeah. moving, moving through the, the stages, as it were. You are just at PEA. At what point do you start to have serious conversations about flipping this? You know, What should share, what shareholders and potential investors be looking for? Yeah, let me step back a little bit and kind of walk you through that. I think what uh, we had inbound interest, uh, you know, in the last couple of years, but we didn't understand fully what we have. We had this satellite deposit at Grand Bestia. Um, we put out a new resource in November. So we finally started to understand the scope and the scale of the project. And obviously, you know, if you're a seller of a project, you want to gain the best value you can for shareholders. So. We, we now understand the scale of this thing. And there's still upside potential to increase the size of the resource at Congrejos and Gran Bestia. But we know the size of the infrastructure you need for it now. You know, it's 40,000 ton per day projects, a big project expanding to 80. So we have all those metrics in place and we have our own view on valuation. So um, we've started to uh, talk to some groups. We've had inbound interest and we've signed some CAs. But we're, uh, you know, really this milestone of the PEA kind of cements what, what the value proposition is for us and others. So that's where we sit. Okay, so, but what does that look like? I'm trying to get an insight of the way you guys think. Because you, you've done it before. You know the size and the scale of this. Given the scale of it, there's only going to be a very few players who can, who can step up and put that kind of money together to develop this. So. Are you able to have a conversation at these prices where you can get a premium to today's prices in terms of market cap and share price? Or do you have to wait to develop this app to prove up 
more, to de- you know, de-risk more. Can you have that conversation today? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think we're at the point where we we understand that. And I think obviously the conversation I had just a minute ago with you about being undervalued and what's happened since 2017 to now, we've really grown this thing and, and we're at the point where we can have that conversation. And, you know, we're looking at a premium uh, to market sort of scenario. But are you having serious conversations or are you just sniffing around and sort of seeing what you can get in the meantime? Because what you're doing in terms of moving this thing forward isn't exactly burning through the cash, I guess, is it? No, no, we're to the point where going through the PEA, we, we really ramped down on our cash burn. We've got, um, we've got a camp that we need to maintain and we've got community programs and, you know, you have to run the company at a corporate level. So, we're not at a high cash burn rate. Um, you know, we're at the point now where, uh, you know, Ross has come out to the market in January as the largest shareholder and and said that he wants to move the project on. And, you know, we have the ability within the group, there's over 27% ownership between Ross and management, that if we need we need money, we can uh, just do shareholder loans and all to keep, keep the company going. So money's not an issue. It's... Uh, you know, we're just at the point now where we can demonstrate what the, the project means and, and to those who are potentially interested in it. Okay, and so it sounds like you're in the final yards. That, that's what you're telling me. You, you, I hope so. You, you must, you, you, you're obviously pleased with the, with the PEA, but you, you've got no desire to kind of take it through to the next stage of, of PFS. Well, I think what we have to do is we have to plan that way and we have to scope out the work and we have to continue the aspects of getting the project to the point where it can be permitted effect- effectively. We've done a lot of work on that. So there's there's still work to do. I mean, we're, we're just not going to sit around. But those are the kind of things we do. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk to people that have, the, have an interest. Okay. What's the feedback you're getting from other shareholders? You know, what, 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 are, what are the institutions saying to you? Do they, do they want a kind of payday here? Are you under pressure at all? Or are you genuinely able to move at your own pace? No, I think we, I, I think our pressure is internal pressure. It's, you know, part to do with our business plan. I think um, institutions are just starting to, to see the metrics that we've laid out. Um, you know, the, the supporters we have that are in the story now are comfortable. We're not getting uh, any pressure from them. They know that what the business plan is and, and that's kind of where it sits right now. Marsh, if you don't mind, let me just stick with the Ecuador component a little bit because you, you've, you've talked about a disconnect in the market and you know discounts being applied because of the Ecuador factor. I mean, how much of it do you attribute uh, the, the disconnect in the market to Ecuador and how much do you attribute to other factors such as the scale of this operation? Yeah, so if you look at uh, PNAV, uh ratios in, in Ecuador developers, for instance, uh, it's in our deck. I don't recall the page number. Page right 16, I think I'm looking at It's here. in our deck on page 16. Um, what you see there is roughly a 0.29% uh, or 0.29 of PNAB is what we're trading at and the Ecuador developers are right in there. But if you look at broader developers in other regions, they're up over 0.5. So that shows you right there, there's uh, there's a disconnect on the Ecuador trade and, and all of us are, are kind of dealing with that discount. And then if you look at sort of the feedback we get on Congrejos as well, Congrejos is roughly a billion dollar initial capital project. You know, can you finance it? Can you 
do those sort of things in Ecuador. Well, Mirador was $1.2 billion. Fruta del Norte was about $700 million. So you can you can build projects in Ecuador. You can finance them. So that aspect is uh, pretty clear in the market that you can do that and you can finance projects of this scale. The other, the other issue that we get is the question of the grade of the deposit. And realistically, this thing is quite large. It's on the scale of a, a porphyry copper deposit, 40,000 ton per day, going to 80,000 ton per day in year six. So you have to look at it for comparable scale projects. And on a copper equivalent basis, for instance, it's similar to uh, Cobra de Panama, a Red Chris, these type projects that have been built. So, you know, th those are the kind of metrics that you have to look at it. And I think the 25-year mine life, it gets you through multiple cycles in the in the industry. So, like, for instance, today, Newmont has an operation, very similar grades, Boddington in Australia. You know, similar gold grades, similar copper grades. They're a hair bit higher. But, you know, these type of projects can be built and they can be profitable and they can survive multiple cycles in the in the gold business. I also notice page 17 in there, you're talking about how you compare to your um, development peers as well. So it obviously concerns you. You're, you're, you're worried about it. Um, but what are you doing about it? Well, we're, we're, we're at the point now where with the PEA, we're showing that the scale of this thing separates us from our development peers. I mean, this is the largest gold deposit in Ecuador. And uh, if you look at it, it's the 37th largest gold deposit in the world, independent of developers, producers. So this thing is huge and it's got some more potential upside. So we're getting the story out, we're making it now and we're showing the, the economics of the project. And listen, when we designed the pit at Congrejos and Gran Bestia, we did it at $1,100 gold. In our economics, we used $1,400 gold and 275 copper. So we're not overly optimistic in today's market with with the prices we're using. And so this thing has a lot of torque and upside to the metal price. If you look at uh, an NPV at say six, 1620 gold, which is plus 20% of, uh, of what we did, you know, you're looking at a post-tax NPV at $2.5 billion versus the 1.6 at 1400 so you know this has to be attractive to you know some of the larger mid-tier and, and major developer miners yeah I want, I want to talk to you about that just just very briefly if you may because look if, you, if you're coming talk to me with my banking hat on you know i'm going to be yeah. you know working with a flexible uh financial model and I'll, I'll work all this stuff out for myself but you're going out and promoting this at 1400 buck gold i mean why aren't you using 1620 as the main headline figure well i mean you got to look at the the uh long-term gold price and analyst consensus. And right now, long-term gold price, sort of the second quarter of this year was sort of 1430 gold. And, and so, you know, that's how we have to look at it. But also in the sensitivities in the PEA, we showed plus 20% and minus 20%. And that's sort of the, uh, the numbers that I was talking about in the $1,600 range, uh, what it does to the torque of the project on an MPV basis. Well, you're, you're being very, very conservative um, and uh, not overly salesy, which is very unusual. I think this is probably the lowest number I've seen used on, for any company that I've interviewed this year. So uh, well done on that. Um, well, look, um, Marshall, thanks so much for coming back on the show. It's been a long time. Sounds like uh, next time we speak, you've probably sold this thing, right? 
Hey, I hope so, Matthew. I'll look forward to it, and I hope it's not another year. Oh, please no, please no. Right, uh, Marshall, we bid, bid you well. Um, speak soon. Pick up the phone when you uh, have some big news for us. We'd, be, we'd love to hear from you. All right, stay safe on that side of the pond. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.